Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. Happy almost game day. I don't know. Maybe if you're listening on the podcast version of the show right now, it might be game day. If it is, congrats. Uh, you are time traveling from where we are right now, which is about 2.01 p.m. Eastern time in Columbia, South Carolina, as we are rolling into a game weekend. Hope you are well. We made it. We made it. We made it. I am pumped. Chris is pumped. I know y'all are pumped as well. And my friend Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage is pumped too. ClintHammond.com, always pumped. High <laughs> energy. The, the energy is uh, contagious. 803-771-6933. Short version, if you're in the market for a home, just call Clint. He'll handle it for you. Help you through the process. He will make it very easy for you. Uh, Like I said, welcome in. It is GC Live. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. We are counting down the hours until kickoff. Normally, this is when we would try to bring in a UNC guest. No luck this time. Actually, there's there's not a North Carolina fan site on the On3 network yet. Um, You know, maybe that'll be something one, one day. For now, Chris and I feel like we have read about and looked into North Carolina for so long, for so much, that we're just going to do it ourselves and give you a final preview. Chris, I I was trying to we, – we do plan the shows a little bit, at least mentally. I was trying to sort of think of how to structure this thing today, and I'm like, we've already gone over so much. I, I literally don't even know where to start. So I'm going to do yeah. what I always do when I'm unsure, and that's just pass the buck to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hunt. Yeah, where uh, where is your head at? What what is the first thing that pops in your mind as we sit here? Um, you know, twenty four hours from the pregame. Obviously, it's a little bit more than that for the actual kickoff. But for the most part, the, the hay is in the barn as far as preparation goes for this game. Now, all that's left is to get a good night's sleep, to eat well tomorrow. <laughs> And if you're a fan, go tailgate. If you're a Gamecock football player, go play some ball. Yeah, man, and I'm actually right in the midst, getting close to publishing the annual Breaking Down the Keys piece, which I'll be going solo on, Wes, this year. Just, you know, we try to look and see what we can improve every year and uh, what we're going to add, what we're going to keep from coverage, and that seems to be a popular piece. But I'm flying solo on it this year um, so that we don't – kind of just re-regurgitate, is that a word? Uh, some of the same things that we've been saying and try to keep the content fresh. And so I've, I've kind of tried to come up with some keys in my mind. And one thing that we like to do, Wes, and I'm going to try to keep with this, is I don't want to make the keys to this game every single week be run the ball, stop the run, and win the turnover margin. Because you could literally write that every week, right? And this is a game where there are a lot of cliches, a lot of platitudes 
you can throw all of them at this game. You can say you got to run the ball, you got to stop the run, and you got to win turnover margin because those have been huge points of emphasis for South Carolina this entire offseason. Shane Beamer has really harped on those. And so when you look at them, A, you want to do those all season, but B, this is going to be a big first test. You're not playing an FCS team, for instance, right off the bat. You're doing that next week. This is a this is a contest with two pretty evenly matched teams, and so those things will matter. But in trying to dive deeper than just kind of the surface level, like platitude-esque uh, keys to the game, here's something that's been on my mind. South Carolina's linebackers. I think this is a critical area for this game when you look at the Gamecocks defense going up against North Carolina. And I think it's fresher on my mind because I have been writing about it a little bit as we prepare to put out some content here in the last 24 hours or so. This is a key position. So we could say, hey, the defensive line needs to pressure Drake May. We could say, hey, the corners and and the safeties have to play great one-on-one coverage. Drake May is good enough to where he was sacked 40 times last year. Still had a great season passing the football, right? Uh, and so I think with the linebackers playing this new North Carolina offense under Chip Lindsey, this is going to be a big first test for them. Um, you look at the RPO game, West, where you're being put into conflict. You're having to make quick decisions. You're having to be in the right place. You are being counted to, to help this run defense take a step forward. Be sure tacklers help out in the blitz game, in the pass rush game. The more I think about it, the more I think Debo Williams, Stone Blanton, Mo Caba, and freshman Pup Powered with Bam Martin Scott being out for this game. Those guys are super important. Certainly not the only key for this game, and I don't want to take up 10 straight minutes talking about it and pass it back to you, but but that's actually been one that's been on my mind a good bit going into this game. Yeah, and I, I think, like you said, man, you can say to stop the run, run the football, limit turnovers, blah, 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 blah. You can say that for every game, but I, I think – the the key, at least in terms of our content, is to at least tell everybody why. So it might be for different reasons for different games. For this game, I kind of – I mean, I don't know about you, man. I look at Drake May, and I just kind of feel like he's almost in the category for me where you're like, he he's going to make his throws. Like, he's going to have his moments. He's going to collect his stats. And, you know, it's kind of like in baseball – don't let Ronald Acuna beat you. In basketball, you know, don't let don't let Jordan beat you. Don't let Steph Curry like you're you're okay with you're okay with that person going off if you can limit everybody else. And you know, I the more the more I've actually thought about Chris Pascal's piece on the verdict, and the more we've talked about that, and the more you look at these running backs they have, man, like this is a legitimate group um i really liked amarian hampton out of high school talented dude um but they they really have a three-headed monster there at at running back it's kind of weird man they have some really good running backs and on the other side they actually have two pretty great linebackers yet they have struggled to run the football and they have struggled to stop the run so yeah you know headline Run the ball, stop, you know, stop the run on defense. But the reason why you have two, you have a North Carolina defense that have, has just struggled, period. If you look at the recruiting rankings and your star power piece, it's kind of hard to even fathom 
how they've been as bad as they have been. Yeah. Because Chris, we we tracked these guys out of high school on defense. They're they were really, really talented players. Um, then you look at the Carolina defense, South Carolina defense, they have struggled to stop the run, but have found ways to get off the field. They've been a better overall defense, clearly, than UNC. I'm curious as I go round and round in circles and try to get to a point here. I want to take it back to South Carolina's linebackers. We know that group is improved on paper. We know that group is improved internally, just in terms of the coaches watching and saying, this guy has developed. He's doing a more consistent job of doing what we ask him to do in practice in terms of fundamentals, being where he's supposed to be. And we know these guys have all physically developed, physically improved. Look at Stone Blanton, the way he has reshaped his body. So there's been development. Now I think the fun part and the part we start to learn Saturday night is what does that development look like against a real opponent, against a different opponent, against a new defense? Maybe you don't quite know exactly what you're going to see. Chris, I, and we have talked about this, it's not a new thought. And I'm, I'm trying to say this with all due respect to the guys who have played linebacker at South Carolina before. I think what you want to see if you're a South Carolina fan is that theoretical play where the defensive line and the offensive line are kind of in a stalemate and the running back is trying to get to the corner and it's kind of just a foot race. The linebacker either identify the linebacker identifies it fast enough and they either get there or they don't. And when they get there, it's like a three-yard gain or fewer. You hope it's like one or two. The other side of that, maybe you're a step hesitant or a step slow getting there. It's kind of like an offensive player being able to turn the corner or not turn the corner. Too many times I've felt like Carolina's linebackers just couldn't quite get there in that theoretical play. I want to see, and the thing I'll be watching, how many times do we see that linebacker get to that spot, kind of that point of impact where you can at the very least turn that running back back into your help as opposed to him turning the corner and creating seven, eight, maybe more yard chunk play, you know? Yeah, and and Wes, when you're thinking about so if we're if we're diving into kind of not one on one plays and just run fits, those are things that I think mm-hmm. South Carolina struggled with the past couple of years. I remember talking about several games and watching some clips with Sherrod Golightly, Wes, former Gamecock, Spur, undersized, but that dude was so adept at doing exactly what you're talking about, just knowing where to be taking down guys that were way bigger than him, despite being undersized. He was just a super smart player. And he identified run fits, you know, in a lot of the games. And so, look, for for Blanton, for Debo Williams as the starters, these guys don't have the experience of, say, six-year guys. But I do think athletically, from a talent standpoint, they're quite good. And um, I think there have been some positive indicators there, too. On top of the linebackers, since we're talking about the run game, turning things into your help, fits. let's not forget about the safety position. Nicky Minwari be playing close to the line a good bit, we think. DQ Smith, those guys, last line of defense. Nicky Minwari, leading tackler last team. 
but Eamon Warrior and Smith also had some missed tackles last year, some pretty notable missed tackles. And I think Wes, you chalked that up to being freshmen. So one of the things that we've heard in the offseason is that the staff feels like Eamon Warrior and Smith have kind of taken it to the next level as far as becoming, you know, more complete football players. Nick Eamon Warrior could rely a lot last season on just his tremendous physical abilities. Now he's he's putting it together a little bit more and and he's got a year of experience under his belt, DQ Smith, pro kind of approach. So when I'm when I'm thinking about the linebackers, it definitely starts with them. But there's going to be some opportunities that these safeties in the run game, I think, are going to play a critical role too. If they can take a step forward, um, that'll be a, a huge key, I think, for this defense in this game and, and going forward too. For sure, and uh, we we really haven't. I guess this episode we're already almost 13 minutes in. We haven't really. Um, dove into Drake May. I think part of that, Chris, we've already just we've dissected him and talked about his game so much already. I was doing some research for my final thoughts, my Carolina Confidential, and was going back actually looking at some NFL scout, uh, you know, like the Todd McShays, the guys like that, their thoughts on him. And that they the the sort of book on him, he's very good still at getting the ball out when people are around him, when you have traffic around him. And we, you look at his numbers and the fact that he was able to do what he did last year, 38 touchdowns, uh, you know, 4,300 yards passing, able to do that while not having a – really not having a good offensive line in a lot of ways at all and, and still do that. So he's one of these guys that can kind of maneuver the pocket. He can extend plays. Um, not the most explosive runner. Like he's not – like a four or five guy, but you kind of, he's big, he's six, four, two thirty. You kind of have to get to him and get him on the ground before he can start building up ahead of steam. He's kind of like a bit of a long strider. Once he gets going though, if you leave the middle of the field completely open, pretty good vision can, can kind of chunk you up basically in the running game. So uh, there's just a lot that he can do. I, I think he's one of those guys. Remember the play, a lot of those plays last year, man, where, the, the defensive front for South Carolina was in the backfield but didn't necessarily finish off a play. I think he's a guy you you got to find a way to finish off these plays. Some some quarterbacks, if you just sort of affect them, you, you're going to force them into mistakes. He has so much experience with just everything flying around him, you, you really have to just get him to the ground. You're going to have to hit him. I was looking at his stats last year. The number of games where he had 14, 15, 18 carries, you know, he he's taking hits. And so, you, you obviously, this is not one of those all injure the guy things. Y'all know us better than that. That's not what we're saying. But do you want to affect him and, and make him think twice about getting hit? Of course, that's part of football. That's part of the game, being physical. So, I, I think for me – with this, with this guy, as talented as he is, it goes a bit further than just being in his line of vision, being in his face, being around his feet. You got to collect hits on this guy. Yeah, you do. And and the biggest thing is just to not make it easy. I mean, to go back to Chris Pascal's piece that you referenced, Wes, it does sound counterintuitive to say, well, make the guy that threw for 4,300 yards last year and 38 touchdowns and seven picks. You want the ball in his hands as much as possible. 
But in this case, look, especially for a Gamecock defense that has struggled many times over the past couple of years to run the football or to stop the run, rather, you know, if you let their stable of backs get going, you take the pressure off of that offensive line that has some questions, particularly at tackle, give Drake May easy throws. If you're giving them a bunch of RPO throws where they're just picking up eight yards, 12 yards, five to seven yards per carry in the run game, it's going to become an easy game for Drake May. And, and that's not what you want. Uh, you want him to be uncomfortable. You want him, hey, if he, if he scrambles out of the pocket and makes a great individual play, you tip your hat. If he throws a deep ball and you got great coverage and their guy uh, comes down with it, you tip your hat. That's what it's all about. And, and look, they've got really good players too. We know, I mean, I expect in this game, Wes, Spencer Rattler is going to make some great individual plays. Juice Wells is going to make some great individual plays, on and on. Drake May will make some plays in this game where you're going to have to tip your hat. You're going to say, hey, he escaped there. He extended a play there. He got some yardage. He made a great, you know, pinpoint throw, whether it's on a a quick out route or a deep ball. Like, he's probably making some of those plays, but you do have to make them a bit more uncomfortable. And I I think, again, to, to pull it full circle, to go back to the linebackers, I just think they're going to play such a key role in whether or not they can take some of the pressure off of the rest of USC's defense. For sure, man. We got uh, several questions rolling in. I'm I'm gonna try to we'll try to knock these out. Uh, some of them actually very similar. Uh, do you think the offensive tackles will hold up? Have they finalized the offensive line? Um, Jeff says, will Joiner have more rush um, rush touchdowns or pass attempts? That's a tough one, Jeff. I don't know if my brain can process that at this exact moment. Um, I'm guessing you mean in the season. You you hope he has way more rush touchdowns um, as I process that question. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to get the quick ones out of the way. Is Sellers built similar to May? Any comparisons? Mm, it, maybe a little. Sellers is actually already bigger than Drake May, which um, it's kind of crazy to think. But yeah, may, maybe a touch shorter, but definitely thicker already and, and more, I think, of a run threat than what you have with Drake May. But, um, sir, I mean, not not a bad comp by any means. There are some similarities. Hey, I want to do this. We got a lot of active people there in the chat. I want to hear y'all's – let's crowdsource this. What is your one single key to victory for the Gamecocks? It can't be stop the run or run the football. Give us something specific. What's it going to be? And uh, we'll roll right along here talking about this game. But first, Chris, let's go ahead and tell everybody about our friend Larry and the tax team at Liberty Tax. I know uh, your tax ID has been, not that you had any, but if you did, it would be completely cured. And uh, everybody else can have the same happen for them, 803-462-5576. Two locations in Irmo, Larry and his team, they're awesome. I sat down, my wife and I, with Larry. You're right, Wes. No, maybe like a hint of taxiety that could enter the environment. Just kind of, hey, I'm a little worried about this. Have we been doing things the right way? What should we do in the future? Uh, whether you have a simple tax situation, whether you have a complex tax situation. I know people that have both that have been helped out by Larry and his team at Liberty Tax. They can do it for you, just like he did it for me and my family. 803-462-5576. Like I said, two locations out in Irmo both on St. Andrew's Road, both very convenient. 
Larry can make appointments with you, sits down with you, goes through everything, takes plenty of time. You don't feel rushed. Uh, he has a lot of experience, a lot of great stories. Absolutely love sitting down with him. Tax meetings aren't fun, Wes, right? Like it's not supposed to be a fun thing. Somehow Liber- Liberty Tax, Larry, they kind of kind of make it a little bit fun, kind of enjoyable. And absolutely, as you said, no tax society. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah, all the tax society is gone. Appreciate Larry, as always, being a sponsor here on GC Live. Uh, let's see what we got rolling in, Chris. Uh, while, while those continue to roll in, let's hit on those two questions that were sort of similar. You know, what do you think of offensive tackle? What do you think, uh, you know, has offensive line been solved? You know, solved, I think, is one of those things. Even look at look at Dow Loggins' response this week when he was talking about, I think specifically the question was like, what gives you confidence in the running game? And, you know, what, what do you think about the offensive line where it stands right now? I, I think they're firmly in the category of, okay, we've done what we need to do in-house to this point. You've done as much as you can. Now let's go find out what these guys have against a real opponent, and then you start adjusting from there, just like you're going to have to adjust the scheme on the fly. Maybe personnel-wise, you're hoping you're not having to adjust that quite so much on the fly. But as far as offensive tackle goes, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all four of these guys play at some point week one. I would all but bet, I would all but guarantee all four play within the first two weeks. I think is a safe bet going into next week as well. I heard, now this was earlier this week. I don't know if it was even solidified yet at that time. So I'm not reporting this as a fact, but I heard it was trending towards likely being Fugar at left tackle and Case and Henry at right tackle. So we'll see. There's a reason there was oars there. That means it was ongoing. Could one of the other guys have had a fantastic week of practice and that shifted? Of course, that's a reason that the oars are there. I um, I, I think this is strangely, though, Chris, kind of a – it could be a good thing. If you go out there, let's say they were just playing FCS Team A, you wouldn't really learn anything from that. If you were playing Georgia right now, you wouldn't really learn anything from that either for the opposite reasons. This is a, you know, an ACC opponent. They recruit on a similar level as you. They've had their own cons- problems and concerns on defense we've talked about. What 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 about the scenario if this Carolina offensive line actually goes out there and plays pretty well and then starts to build confidence against a North Carolina team that they knocked around in the bowl game two years ago. Yeah, because this is so, we think, Wes, we think this is a pretty even match. And I would even go as far as to say, despite North Carolina's defensive struggles, they do have talent on that D-line, right? And it just hasn't been put together. So I think we actually learn a lot in week one. Um, If the Gamecocks struggle, um, particularly on the edges, that may be a storyline for for the rest of the year. Now, can they get better? Yes, they can get better. But if they struggle week one, we're going to be doing GC Live Monday, and we're going to be talking about that as a significant storyline. Can it improve when you start to play Georgia, Mississippi State, Florida, Missouri, right? I mean, because you're 
there's there's very very few i mean every game is a toss-up or worse almost this season and north carolina is one of those so um this is on a similar playing field to me as you know uh, kentucky missouri some of the other opponents that you're going to face this season so if you struggle week one yes there's room to improve on that uh but that i think will be a concern on the other hand if you play quite well if you look really good that on the other hand may may bode quite well for the rest of the season as well not that it'll be all figured out there'll of course be things to clean up but i think that'll be a good sign so you're right man certain games at certain positions you don't always learn a lot offensive lines particularly offensive tackle I think we learned a bit, a good bit about the direction this thing could go week one. For sure. I, you know, I, I look at this thing and th- this is, you know, you said it's a toss up. This is a truest toss up in like every sense of the concept. I, I feel like I saw one sort of statistical analysis. Uh, that guy I talked about on the show before stats of war on Twitter. It was like, 50 point something percent for South Carolina to win, 49 point something for North Carolina to win. I mean, that's what stats from last year, I'm assuming. I don't know where you're pulling for for this pulling from for this year, but I don't I don't know how you predict this thing, man, because it game ones are so unpredictable. We talked earlier on 1075, and I saw some people weighing in on our chat line talking about special teams. How quickly if if you were able to watch, let me just get my bitterness in there for a second. If you didn't have Spectrum or Charter and you were able to watch Florida against Utah, you quickly saw how much or how just significant a special teams miscue can be. And, you know, so, so Florida has two guys on the field at the same time with the same number. It gives Utah a first down. They end up scoring uh, – pretty quickly after that i i just look at unforced errors man like week week one you're gonna have errors right like you're gonna have issues um i just i don't think every mistake is created equal if if my guy gets a defensive pass interference because it's just a one-on-one contested ball down the field and he hits them too early you know what who cares that that's the game you're competing. If my number zero runs out there and there's already a number zero on the <laughs> field and I give the other team a first down, that's those are the things that keep coaches up at night on a Friday night before a week one. Like you, you can deal with the other stuff. Competing, fighting it out, that's fine. Those are the things that Pete Limbo was talking about the last two weeks when he was talking about how the leading in to a season for a special teams coach is, uh, is tough, man. Yeah. And Pete talks about this. I'm thinking about back to last season, hearing him talk before the 2022 season kicked off. And he's always talking about how, Hey, I watched week zero or, Hey, I've been watching, you know, NFL preseason games or we went back and watched NFL games and, kind of building a library of here, here's what not to do. And P. Limbo actually mentioned, Wes, that exact scenario that we saw played out play out against Florida, against Utah on Thursday night, where they've got two number threes on the field. They're trying to switch into punt safe. 
as opposed to having two returners or vice versa. And and now you got two number threes on the field. Now Utah has a first down. And, and Limbo mentioned that exact earlier this week, exact same scenario is something that you really want to avoid. Um, we know South Carolina puts a lot of work in it on special teams, right? But you still have to avoid those things. And then you have to avoid, like you said, the, the errors that are kind of procedural, the errors that are mental. Again, Drake May is going to make some plays. North Carolina's defense, you know, Power Eccles, Cedric Gray, like they're going to make some good individual plays defensively. Uh, it's about playing clean football. Um, and, and Wes, I even think when we go to kind of the unforced errors, a lot of turnovers are mental too, as far as decision making. Mm-hmm. The turn, some of the turnovers we've seen South Carolina struggle with the past couple of years. Again, they've been last in the SEC. They've been one of the worst teams in the country. A lot of that is just how are you holding the football? Are, are you thinking about it? Um, what is your decision-making process? And then the other part of it, Wes, Dow Loggins' offense, in terms of streamlining things, not that it's a simple high school offense. It's not that. We know that. But will it help this team play with more confidence? Will it help them with uh, you know being more confident in what they're trying to execute on the field? I think that's a part of the turnover game as well. I don't want to go too deep into this, but I do. I know a lot of people are dealing with what we're dealing with at my house. If you have Spectrum, you don't have ESPN right this second as of 2.30 p.m. Uh, still Curtin saying, uh, I don't know why they waited this long. I'll tell you exactly why they waited this long. Because it is a negotiating tactic, and they know – there's no way the contract ended at 8 o'clock Thursday night. Yet – all of a sudden, it got magically pulled the moment college football's first major, because remember, week zero doesn't count, first major matchup of the season. So it's a negotiating tactic. I would hope and think ESPN will be back on for Spectrum customers by Saturday, you know, by Saturday afternoon. However, you never know. So I'm I'm just telling people, for one, Go ahead and check. If you have Spectrum right now, check ABC. See if it's coming through right now. In Columbia, I'm still not getting ESPN. I am getting ABC, so it's a little bit different. I've read some of the reporting out there said ABC was included in this blackout. Um, But then something else I read said major cities only, like New York, L.A., stuff like that. So check if you have Spectrum ahead of time. You don't want to be rolling into five minutes before kickoff and realize you don't have it. Again, the game is on ABC, not ESPN. However, with the Gamecocks being featured on college game day, I know most of you probably want to see game day in the morning. You want to see Darius Rucker as the guest picker. Shane Beamer is going to be on set. Who knows if this thing is going to be fixed before then. So if you have Spectrum in most places, I think pretty much the entire country, if you have Spectrum right now, you probably don't have ESPN. I think there's a YouTube TV free trial. If you have not used that, I keep Spectrum because of the Braves. YouTube TV doesn't have it. But just throwing y'all some options. Maybe if you haven't done the free trial, you can always try YouTube TV for the weekend. Watch game day. Watch Carolina play tomorrow night. Uh, you know, Guarantee that you have ABC. And, uh, and then kind of take it from there. But, again, I know y'all didn't tune in to talk about TV contracts, but I know there's a lot of people, Chris, who are going to be tuning in at about 
seven, 28, and they're going to be upset. Where's the game? Yeah, and I think, man, Wes, I think the amount of eyes from the Carolinas that will be on game day, there's going to be a strong signal coming from the Carolinas trying to watch that. And so, yeah, hopefully this does get resolved. Wes, we're always appreciative for your service in putting out the uh, annual. This happened with uh, Georgia State, remember, uh, last season. That was a game where it was very confusing as to – there was no uh, cable dispute at that time to my knowledge, but just how do I watch that game? So GamecockCentral.com, you have your piece up on how to watch the game. And hopefully that will change. Hopefully all this is resolved before then. But uh, Wes, the bunny ears, they, they can still come out. That's still an option. They still work in 2023. Yeah, if you just get a digital antenna at Target, Walmart, wherever. Now, some that's going to depend on where your house is locally, yeah. how great the signal is. A lot of people, you can still get ABC free over the air with a just regular old coaxial antenna. So um, somebody on here said their free trial was 20 minutes for YouTube TV. <laughs> Hopefully they got a little better deal going than that. I can't. If you go on YouTubeTV.com right now, it says try it free. Um, but I don't um, – it doesn't say exactly how long. So hopefully that's more than more than 20 minutes. I, I'll be honest, Chris. I've been trying to give people some guidance on this, but I feel like I feel like I'm kicking a field goal and the goalpost keeps moving. So we'll see. I got an answer for you on YouTube TV. I just checked live. As a service, YouTube TV, 21-day free trial is what I'm seeing right now. Well, see, if you got uh, USC Light says Fubo TV has a seven-day trial as well. So um, as long as you haven't used those trials before or signed up before, um, you, you you got some options. Hope saying it looks like ABC locally will be aired. Technically, yes, unless I think if you're in New York City, LA, if you're in major, major markets, then you might have some trouble there. But in Columbia, I was watching ABC this morning and uh, we were good to go. So, all right, let's get back to the game. Actually, before we sort of circle completely back to the game on the field, Chris, let's talk a little recruiting, man. This is actually, um, this is actually said, this actually become an interesting recruiting weekend for Carolina because you're in a situation where I didn't really think of neutral site as being an opportunity to get recruits to your game, but it has kind of shifted to that lately. And, um, you know, looking at the list, everybody can go check it out on Gamecock Central. we got a complete list of expected visitors, but it's kind of turned into – a nice chance for South Carolina to at least display what they are, you know, on the field, even if it's not the same as getting a prospect on your campus. Yeah. Can't, can't talk to the prospects. So that's the difference Um, to, to lay out the rules. Teams who are playing neutral site games are allowed a specific numbered allotment of tickets. I don't know if your next question is how many do they get? I'm honestly not totally sure. But they do get a bunch of tickets that they can distribute to prospects and families. Um, they cannot talk to those prospects. So it's it's not really a visit. It's kind of, hey, here's your tickets. Come enjoy the game. Come check it out. But, Wes, we know 
you know, North Carolina and South Carolina have clashed on the recruiting trail over the last few years. And since Mac Brown arrived, it is very accurate to say he has been a thorn in the Gamecock side on uh, getting some prospects that, that were mutual targets for both schools. And I think that'll be the case again this weekend. There are going to be plenty of guys from the Carolinas and beyond that both programs are recruiting. And if there isn't carryover between these two programs, just significant targets for South Carolina. And for this not being a home game, Wes, this is a really, really impressive list. A lot of the 2024 commitments for South Carolina, but also some big-time 2025 and beyond targets. And I think, Wes, you got to start, I think, with a Charlotte product, David Sanders, Providence Day, five-star, top-rated offensive tackle for the country next season. I mean, Carolina has done a fantastic job of getting top offensive line prospects on campus. Again, this isn't on campus, obviously, but just another opportunity for those guys to watch your team, to watch you play, to watch how you operate. Lonnie Teasley, that whole crew, Sam Surbay, Greg Atkins. It's been a constant churn of top offensive linemen on campus. The 2025 group on this list, incredibly impressive. Like you said, it starts with David Sanders, but then you start, you know, you had Jalen Gilchrist, uh, a kid out of Virginia Beach, four-star guy, Chauncey Gooden, who is from Nashville and visited in the spring, had a really great visit. Jonte Gilbert uh, getting into some defensive backs, four-star kid. Amari Adams, top prospect in the state for 2025. How about this for an intriguing guy? We knew this was coming. We knew this was already going to happen, but four-star quarterback Ryan Montgomery, South Carolina made the top five, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. He sets this visit. The Again, there's an official top five. The buzz has kind of started to build around South Carolina and Florida. And, uh, you know, if you're South Carolina, again, we're, we got to give Florida the same benefit of the doubt we would give South Carolina in saying no one game is going to affect a prospect's decision. However, it, it does feel like an early chance to kind of make a statement if you're South Carolina. Um, I'm sure he was paying attention to, to what Florida was doing yesterday. Again, he'll watch South Carolina on Saturday and has said specifically he is looking forward to seeing Spencer Rattler and then Dow Loggins and kind of what this scheme, what this offense looks like. Everybody's looking forward to that, right? I mean, uh, there is some mystery. And, uh, you know, for some prospects, West and Brian Montgomery was on hand. Uh, he visited, you know, during the spring. I can't remember if that was during. I assume that was during a practice session. You might remember if he got to see practice. I think he did. So, you know, he's got some ideas. And this is a guy that Dow Loggins would have sat in his office and in the film room and in meetings and kind of showed him some things to expect. But seeing it live uh, against – an opponent that's, you know, an actual opponent is, is something that I think is going to play a role here. So a lot of guys on hand. Um, and of course, South Carolina winning or losing this game is not going to, you know, necessarily seal their fate with anyone. But getting a win in this environment would certainly uh, be a boost and certainly help with some of these guys. They've got an opportunity to close on more 2024 targets, but they're off to a good start in 2025 as far as you know, getting some early traction with some of these other targets that are going to be in town as well. We will certainly try to follow up with some of those guys and get some reactions after the fact. So 
keep an eye on that. Again, a uh, interesting weekend for South Carolina as far as having some recruits there to watch, which you maybe would not have thought was the case going into a neutral site matchup, but ended up working out really well. Probably for both squads, man. I was looking. It was kind of interesting looking at the North Carolina list, and there are some guys on there that sort of aren't on the guys South Carolina's expecting. Then there's some carryover where I had some fans asking on our forum, hey, is that guy there for South Carolina or North Carolina? And I'm like, I, I don't. And they're there. If they're interested in both, neither coach can talk to them. Neither staff can talk to them. So they're not just going to watch one team. You know, like it's – if they're there watching your team, it can be a positive. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on there. All right, let's get back to the actual game itself, Chris, and uh, start to close out on some final thoughts and some more keys. Spencer Rattler, it it almost feels like, I don't know, we, we've said all we can say about him too this offseason, and now it's just time to go see it for ourselves. But for anybody who's just sort of dialing in and hasn't really paid attention all offseason, I mean, to a man – Pretty much everybody you talk to tells you Rattler has taken his game to another level this offseason. I would say that's in terms of making quick decisions. That's in terms of accuracy. That's in terms of comfort level. And I am most interested to see, you know, above just like the scheme itself, how often do we see Rattler, as far as we can tell, going to the line of scrimmage, seeing something, checking into a play, um, how successful is it when he does, um, what are the results, or, uh, you know, how much is he able to just sort of take over this game himself because it has been clear that Dow Loggins has empowered his quarterback to almost have an NFL-style control. Yeah, and I, I think, Wes, one of the things that Loggins said is sometimes even more control than NFL quarterbacks have, and – Look, here's a, a key thing to remember, I think, and that is that this isn't something that Dowell Loggins and Shane Beamer would be doing, allowing Spencer Rattler to do if he had not shown the capability to do it. And so um, that, to me, indicates that in practice against different looks, Spencer Rattler's been making good checks, and he's been making plays after making those checks and getting the team into right calls, whether – you know, sometimes maybe you have a run called and he looks at the box or he looks at what he th- thinks they may be getting from the defense, makes a check, has a pass, gets some easy yardage out of it. Those things may look small, but they're they're huge in the grand scheme because that may prevent you from, look, play calling to some degree. They're good play callers. They're great play callers. They're so-so play callers. They're not good ones. But it's always a little bit of a crapshoot, and I think part of being a good play caller is to, if you've got a guy, to to train your guys of knowing what to do when maybe you don't get the look that you were anticipating as a play caller, right? That's always part of calling a play. What do you think you may get in a situation? What personnel you think you may get? And then trying to match up against that, but that's not always going to be the case. And so being able to have a guy, number one, that can execute that, but being able to train him and being able to trust him to do that, I think is is significant. And so that can be the difference in a lot of cases from getting stuffed at the line and gaining five yards and 
in a game that's expected to be this close, I think that could be really big. There has not been as much buzz, Wes, I don't think, around Spencer Rattler as Drake May or even a Joe Milton from Tennessee. But the the indications from the offseason have been really good to a man. Everybody in the building feels like he's ready to, to have a pretty, pretty big year. Yeah, I think the interesting thing there is the buzz outside of our bubble here in Columbia has all pointed to Drake May. The buzz around here has all been, you know, I, I mean, I remember this time last year. The buzz was like, man, this Rattler guy can absolutely spin the football. It was more about the physical tools, the quick release, the how how does he throw the ball so hard and so far. He makes throws we haven't seen South Carolina quarterbacks make. I feel like that has shifted this year. The buzz here internally is more about his control of the offense, how he's not missing any throws, how accurate he is, his leadership ability, how dialed in he is. Like it, it is, there was buzz last year, don't get me wrong, but it is for completely different reasons going into this year, which is why I think if you're a South Carolina fan, you should be pretty optimistic about what the offense can be, particularly if South Carolina is able to give Rattler time to operate and then put together some semblance of a rushing attack. I almost feel like, speaking of buzz and no buzz and all those things, you know what it feels like is not getting enough buzz right this second, and I don't really know why because they got buzz all offseason. I feel like going into the game, we're not talking about the tight ends enough. I agree. Trey Knox, Josh Simon, both set to have – Massive years, I think. And I don't know what that's going to look like from a number standpoint. Like, I think those are those things are always hard to predict. In terms of being consistent threats, I – and, you know, here's the thing about this week. Ju- Juice Wells, by the way, injury report, Juice Wells cleared. Nick Harbour cleared. JT Gear, Bam Mark Scott, Connor Cox are out. It's still not ideal for Juice Wells to not have been able to go through – preseason camp I still feel like there's going to be a settling in process maybe he rotates a little bit more than you would have seen maybe he's a decoy a little bit more than you would have seen maybe like we've talked about you see a little bit more two tight ends than you would have seen otherwise I I think that's going to be a big part of what Carolina does on offense and it's kind of faded away just a little bit as we've gotten into actual an actual game week. Yeah, they're big. I mean, it, it's also a potential strength on strength because when you do talk about the strength of this North Carolina defense, maybe their D-line takes a step up given their talent, but their linebackers, West Power Eccles, Cedric Gray, tackling machines last year. Um, now, their numbers are a little probably um, inflated because they gave up a lot of plays, and so you're, you're having to make more tackles, but – I think one of them, both of them over 100 tackles. One of them had like 144 tackles last season, which is pretty incredible. Um, But Simon and Knox just being additional weapons in the passing game, big. Uh, But also these two take pride in their blocking. I I remember hearing the returns on Josh Simon in particular as a blocker starting back in the spring, West, And I think people around the program were even surprised and he was even better than anticipated there. So 
if they can help kind of neutralize North Carolina's linebackers, whether it's, um, you know, helping out in the blocking game, getting on the second level, or just loosening them up with the passing game, making them think twice, making them hesitate to come up in the run game, play action passing. Um, I, I think, and actually you, you stole another one of my keys. It's going to be in breaking down the keys. The tight ends actually are one of my keys for this game for South Carolina. How many, how many keys did you, uh, is this a five keys to victory or how, how many keys do you think we're going to this, have? This is going to be a four to five. We're fluid right now. We're going to be finishing up within probably next hour after we hop out of here. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking probably four right now. Okay. Probably four. Yep. Probably four. That works. We can deal with that. Um, any, any other ones you want to preview for us or no, I gave two, I gave two and that's, okay. all that's right. all I'm going to give right now. Hey, I do have something else for you for the people though, Wes, please let's see, let's see which one of us can uh, pull this up first, but on three has a new app. So it's basically like a Gamecock central app. They put out an update updated version of it and anybody can download it. And, uh, Wes, you got this thing, right? It's pretty cool. Um, it's version one of the fan site app. And if I'm going to try to find a link for it so that you can get the iOS Android and Android version link, this is free for anyone to use. And here's the link. I'm going to drop it in the chat here. Free to use. And it has push notifications, Wes. You can get breaking news alerts. When you go in, you can either register with your Gamecock central username. We do hope that you'll join us as a premium subscriber. If you're not a member, you can register as a guest. Um, you can still get access to our free content, and then you can sign up for breaking news, alert, pu push notifications. Or, Wes, if you want – heck, if you want a notification for everything we publish, they can do that too. So uh, go to that link, check it out, and you can find it right there. Yeah, a couple of other housekeeping items here. Um by the way, I, I need to let everybody know if you heard our game time app um, sponsorship, I think this came out Saturday. If you tried the code Gamecocks, I was told it was I was alerted that that code was not working. So I spoke to game time, actually Maria, who does a fantastic job for on three in the advertising department. She got that squared away. So if you tried the game time, code our, our special code that gives you twenty dollars off for new users and it didn't work you can still try that now and uh game time is chris the fastest growing ticket app in the app store and um basically if you're if you're on the fence about going to the game or if you're on the fence about going to any games right now uh get the game time app again they're a new sponsor of our show so if you're stressed out if you're thinking about going you're worried about it um Go ahead, download the Game Time app. There are flash deals and last-minute ticket sales on there. It's easy to find and buy tickets uh, pretty much for any type of event, concerts, MLB, NFL. Obviously, we're talking about the Gamecocks here. Um, it is considered the place for last-minute ticket deals. That's because of the Game Time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference uh, so if you want to snag tickets without stress from Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and then use the code Gamecocks for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Very very simple. I just pulled it up a second ago and tested it. You don't even have to actually, Chris, select tickets. You just hit profile, 
go to redeem code, go ahead and put Gamecocks in there. And then once you do, um, you can go around and it'll automatically um, credit you the $20 off. There are terms and limits to that. You have to be a new user, first purchase only. But if you want a little help, little discount on your first purchase, get the GameTime app. It's also at GameTime.co online. All right, man, let's start to close this thing out. I'm sure we missed some stuff, like, but we've probably talked about it at some point within the last month. I feel like we've been previewing this game. I'll be kind of glad when we get into our weekly, you know, next week we just talk about Furman all week. But, Chris, you let's give it away. We're both picking South Carolina. We already did on Gamecock Central. We already did on 107.5. Let me ask it like this. Why did you pick the Gamecocks? Ooh, yeah. And, and we're giving our score predictions, too. We can go ahead and remind the people. Yes. Okay, 41-38 Carolina. And so I'm picking the Gamecocks. I, I, I feel I'm buying into what we have heard in our Columbia bubble on Spencer Rattler. I think that has gone kind of underappreciated. Um, so I'm, I'm buying into Spencer Rattler. I think Carolina will do just enough. I think Drake May, North Carolina, they're going to they're gonna make some plays offensively as evidenced by me picking them to score 38 points. I think the Gamecocks make a couple more things happen. I give them a special teams advantage. That doesn't necessarily, Wes, mean a big play on special teams, but just, I think, hidden yardage and things like that at least, just being more technically sound. I have the Gamecocks with an advantage there, and I think we see enough defensive improvement to maybe get a key stop or two here, maybe force a field goal. I've got the Gamecocks 41-38 for those reasons. Yeah, dude, I I could see this being an all-out fireworks shootout back and forth. You know, if, if the two quarterbacks dial in, if it's just one of those things where they're just clicking early, I really could – I could see the two defenses being improved and still not being able to do anything about it. it if it really played out like that. However, week ones, man, you're normally going to get some sloppiness. You're going to have some missed assignments. You're going to have some, this guy runs the wrong route. I think all those things, maybe some offensive line struggles. I got a weird feeling. This is very specific. I got a weird feeling your boy Brian Thomas Jr. is going to make a couple of plays. Oh, I like Uh, that one. I kind of feel like, again, I think he's more of a situational guy. There's nothing wrong with that. If they can get into some third and longs, I think his quickness, his juice. You had you had this little note a couple of weeks ago. I think the the staff pretty kind of quietly. I think liking the development of Brian Thomas Jr. We'll say it like that. So this O line has struggled to protect the passer. If they're in some third down and pass rush situations, I can see Brian Thomas's speed and quickness off the edge being a problem. Again, I know that's very specific, just a gut feeling. I'm with everybody on special teams. You just – you've seen it for two years. Your guy, Pete Limbo, he's going to have these guys – he's going to have them ready. He's going to have them locked in. I think a somewhat sloppy game all the way around, typical week one. That's why I had it a little bit lower than maybe it could be as far as the score. Where'd it go? 31-27 Gamecocks. 
is what I went with. Um, why, why South Carolina? I just think they're a better team. I just think North Carolina's defense, not that South Carolina's defense is perfect. North Carolina's defense last year just really struggled a ton. And I think they're going to miss their wide receivers, man. I, the more we've kind of dove into it, I think the lack of a Josh Downs, um, the lack of Andre Green, is that the name of the other kid that was there last year? Or Andre Green, I think, is still on the roster. That's the one that's still there? Somebody. Who's the other receiver they lost, Chris? You're way better with names than me. Well, they're not going to have Tez Walker this, this season unless something happens on uh, on Saturday morning, Wes. What was that guy's name? Antoine Green. There you go. Antoine Green. There you go. Um, yeah, Andre Green is back. But, Tez, dude, Tez Walker had a huge spring for them. And they were talking about, oh, this guy's uncoverable. He's ripped our defense all spring. I think, assuming nothing crazy happens, like you said, that is a massive loss for them, someone they are really counting on. So maybe a maybe a good early test for like uh, Marcellus Dial, OD Fortune, those guys to have a, a good week one and shut down some receivers that are a little bit more of a question mark. If Drake isn't, if if Drake May is not having open receivers or guys that are getting open pretty easily, then for one that shuts down some of the down the field stuff that he's good at and your RPOs, man, the one way to stop RPOs is to be able to play some man coverage and lock guys down on the outside. It kind of takes away the advantage that's built in of RPOs, I think. So that's kind of where my head is at. To be completely honest, coin flip, nothing would really surprise me, but we're all pumped, man. It's Gamecock Central. I'll be honest, a little bit of a homer pick. You can't go against you can't go against the Gamecocks in a coin flip game to start the year neutral site. You can't be ticking the fans off week one if if it's a coin flip. You got to go Gamecocks. That's right. A smart pick, Wes. I agree. I agree. Keep the people happy, Chris. Keep the people happy. That's what we like to do here. Then they can yell at us if we're wrong. That will one hundred percent happen. Which we're fine with. We can take it's it. We love everybody. It's completely fine. Um, yep. If you see us in Charlotte this weekend, don't yell at us, but do say hello. Chris will be there. His wife will be there. I'll be there. My wife will be there. Um, lots of Gamecock Twitter folks are going to be there, I think. Gamecock Nation everywhere. Say what's up. Invite us to your tailgate. Feed us. We'll uh, we'll come hang out. We'll tell you all the secrets. And... Uh, I don't know, man. Chris, that's all I got, dude. What about you? I think we're tapped out, man. I think it's time to go hit the road and go to Charlotte and see what happens in this thing. Yeah, let's all find out together. He is Chris Clark. I am Wes Mitchell. Appreciate y'all listening. This has been Gamecock Central Live and the South Carolina versus UNC preview. We'll see you all in Charlotte. Y'all have a good one. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.